baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Good morning, and this is what's going on with the Alec Murda trial. Uh, quite a week. Bombs and bomb shells here to break it down is Greenville attorney Robin Ario. Good morning, Rob. Okay, so, yeah, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Well, um, all right, so keep get us up to date. What, what do you think is the most significant thing that, that happened? I know we were sort of interrupted this week by the bomb threat. Um, or end of week anyway, but uh, but what do you think is the most you know significant development with the case? Um, well, the bomb threat was certainly a big thing that delayed a lot of the trial, allowed me some time to get caught up. Um, I think a big significant development was Mark Tinsley testifying, um, and it appears that he has indicated had he learned that Alex's family had been murdered by vigilantes he likely would have dropped the case against Alec and just focused on um, Parker's convenience stores and other defendants in the boat crash. So in essence, there's a lot of things saying that there's no way that Murdoch could have had the case dropped. He just could have only bought time by killing his family. And in this situation, Tinsley is indicating that he would have dropped the case against Alec had his family been murdered by a vigilante. So I think that's going to be very big and something for the jury to latch in on. Um, and then we have a really big development that happened just uh, yesterday. Mark Tinsley apparently donated $1,000 to the GoFundMe for the uh, caretaker of Murdoch's mother. Um, that has been called into question. It was a heated debate outside the presence of the jury. And it's likely that defense is going to object to that. That is something that could go as far as creating a mistrial. Hopefully it does not, but it looks very, very bad for one witness who stands to gain financially through collecting on the boat crash to pay another witness. Um, it could be because he was a genuine good human being and felt sorry for this lady. But it certainly has all of the optics of a payoff, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that this morning once the uh, state finishes up their direct examination of Mr. Tinsley, and then the defense takes over. And remind us again, who is Mark Tinsley? Mark Tinsley is the Beach family lawyer for the boat crash. He is the one that originally filed lawsuit against Ellick. Um, as things progressed, he was the one that told Ellick he was going to um, either settle this case with Ellick for a substantial sum of money, or he was going to bring in Maggie and Paul and sue them in Beaufort County where Ellick would have less influence. So Mark Tinsley is a big, big figure in all of this. He was the one that started pushing for the financial records, and the financial records would eventually uncover all of Murdoch's financial wrongdoings, cost him his bar license, cost him his reputation, his standing in the community, his career, and he could quite possibly have lost everything. So Mark Tinsley is a big figure in the beginning of the end for Alex Murdoch. Okay, and and when you say he's the Beach family lawyer, you mean the lawyer for Mallory Beach's family. She was the one who died because Paul 
um, allegedly drank too much and ran the boat into the bridge, killing her. She was a beautiful young woman. They didn't find her body for a week later. It was, ap- you know, it was absolutely brutal. So he is the 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 lawyer you're saying for the for the Beach family for that beautiful young woman's family, um, and who who was the one who was pushing for all those financial disclosures in court. And of course, Murdoch couldn't do that because. Um, it would lay bare for the whole world, uh, what, the $8 million he had stolen? Exactly. Um, it was the beginning of his end. Uh, sooner or later, uh, he's going to have to answer a whole lot of questions on the financial crimes. And it almost seems like the financial crimes are on trial right now. I understand what the state is trying to do is show that all all of these little things were compounding into one massive collapse of his life, and that was the motive to go and commit murder. I don't know if that's a motive, but it got a little bit stronger when Mark Tinsley indicated he would have dismissed the case against Alec and pursued the Parker's convenience store as the remaining defendant. Okay, so did he, and forgive me for this, because this part I have missed, uh, Robin Ario, did they, did, did he communicate that to Alec? Murdoch, oh hey, you know if if it you know you know this this would be dropped or not. Uh, I don't believe that was communicated, but that would not be uncommon in the world of plaintiffs' work. Um, okay. You want to go after somebody who looks horrible. Um, I think Mark used the expression: "A little old lady suing a till of the hun. The little old lady is going to win. A till of the hun suing the little old lady. The little old lady is going to win." Um, Nobody wants somebody that garners a lot of sympathy, and the man who just had his family murdered by vigilantes would have garnered a lot of sympathy. So I don't know if it was specifically discussed, but I do think Alec would have known that would be a likely outcome. Now here's a part that um, I'm wondering about. I didn't realize the Beach family was showing Maggie, too. Why sue sue Maggie? And I understand suing Paul because Paul— you know, was allegedly drunk and ran the boat uh, in, into the, you know, in, in, into the bridge, killing her. Um, that that would get, why she, why was he suing Maggie, the the wife, um, and and of Alec Murdoch and the mother of Paul Murdoch? Uh, he hadn't sued Maggie yet. That okay. was something he was keeping in his back pocket. He sued Alec for negligent entrustment of the boat. Um, sued Buster for providing the false identity uh, identification. Sued Parker's for selling. Um, the connection to Maggie was that Paul had used Maggie's debit card to purchase the alcohol. Okay. Also, Paul himself had not yet been sued. So that was Mark's wild card. If things didn't go the way he wanted, he could go ahead and sue Maggie. And by suing Maggie, that would also bring in the assets that Alex had put in Maggie's name to try to protect them, such as the Edisto Beach property, Moselle, and other things. That all makes it. That makes so much more sense, uh, Robin Ari, than than what originally I guess got reported that you know this would be to distract from the crimes. So that makes sense. Okay, so if if Paul and Maggie go away, well, there's no civil lawsuit in the death of Mallory Beach, and of course there had been a lot of controversy over that locally too in the area. I mean, it'd been very embarrassing for the family. Paul had embarrassed his father, quite frankly. I mean, this young woman was dead. Uh, there was a ton of local controversy over it. And questions in the news for a long time over whether you know, hey, I mean, was the was the was the granddad able to get him out of the, um, you know, the the alcohol test on the spot? Was you know was there influence here? And this would make, uh, you know, you would assume all of Alec Murdoch's problems go away if Paul and Maggie went away. 
Exactly. Um, plus, Mark had done a, uh, a a mock jury. Attorneys will do this in high-profile cases. We'll assemble a panel of jurors or potential jurors. We'll pitch various ideas to them, such as, you know, this was a vigilante shooter. It was somebody else, or this was somebody that was close, or financial crimes. We'll play all of our different theories to this mock jury, and we'll see which one tests the best, and then that's the theory that we run with in the defense of the trial. Well, Mark did his in Buford, where Ellick has less influence. So he felt that by moving, if he was going to sue Maggie and Paul in Buford County, Ellick would not have anywhere near as much influence, and more likely than not, the jury would come back favorably for the Beach family. So Alex really stood to lose a hell of a lot by both having Maggie and Paul sued and by having that transferred into Beaufort County where he had less influence. Fascinating. So all this is playing out in court. So now explain to me, you know, what you, you mentioned mistrial earlier. So this, this lawyer for Mallory Beach's family, what did he, what did he do that could cause a, a mistrial? He gave a $1,000 donation to the GoFundMe for um, Mother Murdoch, uh, Miss Libby. Somebody had started a GoFundMe talking about how brave she was to stand up to the Murdoch family and you know she could use some help. And wow. Mark Tinsley went on there, gave a $1,000 donation with his name. Um, he went back and later changed it to anonymous a few minutes later, but somebody had already caught it. The Attorney General's office spoke to Mark, and Mark did confirm that that was him. Um, that could lead to a mistrial if it ends up tainting the the jury. Um, if the jury becomes convinced that perhaps that person that um, the housekeeper or the caretaker had testified and was doing so for monetary benefit, that would discredit her. Um, it would be no different than if the state had given somebody $1,000 after testifying. So – if that has created a taint of the jury's perception that cannot be moved, the judge will either have to strike all testimony from um, Mr. Tinsley and possibly Ms. Smith, which could benefit uh, Alec greatly, or in the alternative, declare a mistrial and start over, I think, with a fresh jury. I think the judge would be reluctant to declare a mistrial because this is going to be another long trial if we have to start over. And I think Judge Newman really wants to get this case over, closed, and done. And by now, I'm certain he expects there to be a number of appeals. And I think that he's going to do his best to keep this trial active and going forward. And then those issues will have to be dealt with upon appeal at a later date. Real quick, Robin Ario, um, what are you going to be looking, what are you going to be watching for next week uh, in the Alec Murdoch trial? Um, I'm really waiting to see if they put Cousin Eddie on the stand. There has been some that Cousin Eddie would testify Alex directly um, confessed to killing Maggie and Paul, but at the same time, his credibility is very, very suspect. Um, something else that I'm going to be watching, just as an aside not directly related to the trial, is Buster and the family. A couple of days ago, Buster surreptitiously gave the middle finger to Mark Tinsley while he was on the witness stand. Mm. Um, Alex's sister also handed a note up to the defense. Both of those things were noticed by the judge. And if you look in the gallery, you'll see that the family is now sitting a few rows further back. And I'm just kind of curious to see what the conduct of the family is going to be as this all goes on. But 
Cousin Eddie's going to be the big thing that I'm looking for. If they put him up, it's going to be the biggest moment of the trial. Sounds like it'll be fascinating next week. Hope you will uh, come back and let us know uh, what you think of what's going on. Robin Ario, Greenville attorney, thank you so much for joining us on 106.3 WORD. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Want to age slower? Yeah, who doesn't, right? New study, eat less. Eat less. They did blood tests um, on people who cut their calories, ate less at each meal. Blood tests showed their aging literally slowed down. So it's not just, hey, I lost some weight so I look younger. It's, that's not what they're talking about. They're talking about literally their aging, their telomeres. The aging process slowed for everything, for skin, um, for bones, all of it. Absolutely fascinating. So it's more evidence that slowing human aging may be possible. They're saying one one way to do, this has made all the difference in my life, I think, um, going on the PhD weight loss plan. Because I walked around hungry most of the time before. And I ate, I, I ate small meals, right? But I only do that three times a day. So now I have constant discipline to, I eat all the time. I eat, uh, I don't know, six, seven little meals a day. So I'm constantly eating to keep your metabolism going. I can feel my metabolism slow down now. If, if I am like super busy or I'm out of town with one of my kids, you know, I go to these sports tournaments and I, you know, I, it's hard to eat all those little meals. I can, I know the, I don't know if you've ever done this before. I know the feeling of my metabolism slowing down. I can feel it. It's it's almost like an itch. Like, oh no, I know it's slowing. I can feel that. So part of it is just, um, you know, I don't know that I've dramatically changed the calories that I eat because I always ate small meals before. I just have smaller meals than I was eating before and I have a lot more of them. It's a real discipline to eat that way. You know, make it, you you like that because everybody likes to eat. The discipline to make sure you eat a lot. Of times. I mean, it can be really easy to let three, four hours go by. You're super busy. You're getting hungry while you're sitting there. When you're hungry sitting there, that is the feeling of your metabolism slowing down. So it is amazing how I'm eating less calories now, but I'm not as hungry as I used to be because I'm just spacing them out in these very small meals. And 
after a week or two, your stomach shrinks. And you don't want a bigger meal. It feels weird. I mean, I used to eat like half a sandwich for lunch every day. That was my lunch. Um, and now I can't imagine eating half a sandwich at one time. That would, you know, I'd put, it just, it's, it's too much. My stomach would feel really full. I think that's how we're meant to be. Anyway, fascinating that it doesn't just cause you to lose weight, which makes you look younger and makes you feel healthier. It literally slows down the aging process. So, you know, uh, take that meal that you were having and break it in to one or two, maybe three and spread it out. Makes a huge difference. I try to eat at least every two hours. Sometimes I do every hour and a half. I mean, it's not a lot. I mean, it's just something you can graze while you're sitting there. Um, but, you know, so these are not full full meals. But boy, does it make make a difference. And I'll go out of town and I'll get to where I have to eat with, like other people do. Where I'll have like three meals a day and they're bigger. And Oh, I don't feel good. I can, I can see how that would happen. Anyway, scientists say eating too much overworks the body cells, causes them to sustain more damage, age faster. Do you, know, you feel tired after eating? I used to. I don't anymore. Anyway, it also raises the risk of getting fat and suffering diabetes, cancer, strokes, or heart attacks. So try, if you're eating the three meals, which is just, most people do that, aim for five. Break it up. It helps a lot. So just getting rid of a lot of bread. Um, and that keeps that metabolism running all day. Because, man, you get that hungry feeling. You know what that is? That is a feeling of your metabolism slowing down. I have done, I have done this, and now I swear by it now. I have a faster metabolism than I had in my 20s. When I do go off, veer off course, occasionally have that dessert or whatever, I used to, I mean, you know, I, I used to just, I, I knew I could see it and fill up my clothes the next couple of days. Now it's bam. I just, I just absorb it. So my metabolism so fast. Texture rates, don't be so naive, Tara. You know, they are just telling you propaganda to make you eat less. They consider us all worthless eaters. We should eat more. The people telling us this or a cancer on society. Well, you need to eat what you need. That's for sure. Uh, texture rights, pure physics. Another texture rights. If we aren't going to get Fauci on the shots, where is PETA? They should be dragging him out for the torture of beagles and monkeys. Oh, by the way, two of Fauci's potential victims, the beagles, I mean, uh, are going to be featured in the Super Bowl. Yeah, if... if uh, if somebody sues a Trump supporter had done that, we'd know all about it, but it's Fauci, so he gets the media cover. Texture rates, wow, I'm eating less as well, but it is the Biden diet plan. Yeah, that's not the one you want to be on. You'd be eating good food. It's official. Luke Skywalker is now gay. Yep. Lucas Films, everybody agrees he's gay. You know, you know what this is? Let me explain this because you can see this pattern, okay? It is no longer acceptable for a white male to serve as the lead of a, a Hollywood production of any kind. That on its face is racist. Doesn't matter how talented he is. Doesn't matter if the role 
requires that for some reason to make it believable. It, it cannot be done. And so the only way to fix this is to make him gay. Then he becomes okay. But if he's not gay or at least bi or trans, then you can't do it. Tell me I'm wrong about this. This is why you're seeing all of these iconic power characters of the past that happen to be white male replaced by people who are not. And the only way you could do it, if you, I mean, if you cannot get around a white male character, he's going to have to be some shade of gay. And that's where we are this morning. So Luke, Walk, Luke Skywalker is now gay. How'd they do that? Well, Lucasfilms published a short story about the attraction Skywalker felt to another man. Naturally, that story, according to Lucasfilms, was directed at 9 through 12-year-olds. Because you got to get that propaganda in there anywhere you can. <laughs> so you now have the lead character who has always been white male replaced by a female. But you still have the embarrassment of ever having cast a white male as a lead character. And so that has to be mitigated by retroactively making him gay. Which, you know, would have been edgy at the time. Like, you know, when these movies first came out in the 1970s, that, that would have, I mean, you didn't talk about edgy. Today, it's just dull and boring. Okay, whatever, get in line, bud. Everybody else is gay, too. So any strong, masculine, heroic character, I mean, if you see, we, we've seen this happening with the comic books and stuff, has to be gay, bi, or at least exploring. On a date with a dude, something like, yeah, some kind, it cannot, he cannot be... The trifecta cannot be male, straight. Actually, it's quad. Male, straight, white. Eh, trifecta, male, straight, and white. That'd, that'd be bad enough. Meanwhile, folks, I, I can't... I know you're sick of talking about COVID. I'm sick of talking about COVID. But we talked for two years as a country about COVID. And we are now finding out that everything, 100% of it, was a lie. About the only thing that was true was that COVID existed. And it killed about 10% of the people they claimed it did. It's not even clear at this point that the thing reached the status of, an, uh, uh, of a pandemic. As CNN admitted a couple weeks ago, and you know, 90% of the deaths were fake. Yeah, I know. I told you that years ago. We welcomed CNN to reality. But this... I mean, yeah. Do you remember the full, when, you know, the, the throes of it? COVID was a disease of the unvaccinated. They were unclean. You shouldn't go see your family members who are not vaccinated. You should not even see them. And mine didn't. And I have kids, and you know, my my kids have members of the family they live they, who miss parts of their childhood. They're teenagers now, I and mean, they. These people we didn't see for years because we were unclean. They wouldn't come to my house. Fauci tore families apart. You were not to hang with the unclean. You couldn't hang with them in the break room at work. In fact, Fauci drove the whole thing along with Joe Biden of go ahead and fire your unvaccinated workers because this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They were selfish Horrible human beings. He knew the whole time vaccine didn't work to stop spread. Let that sink in. 
Why am I spending time on this? You're sick of COVID. I'm sick of COVID. Super Bowl weekend. Because I want you to be prepared for the next one. Because they're going to do this again. Everything that comes out of your TV will be ubiquitous. It will come out of everywhere. Every channel, even Fox News. Every talking head you respect, except maybe Tucker Carlson, they'll all say it over and over and over and over and over. And they'll repeat what the government said. And it'll seem real. And when I say it's not, you'll say, Terry, you're a conspiracy theorist. Right up until the time I'm right. And I was right. Nailed every single aspect of COVID. All of it. Got none of it wrong. And now Fauci admits, you might want to sit down. If you're in your car, you might want to pull over. Heck, you're probably not in your car if you're one of those who quit your job rather than getting that shot that doesn't work. He ruined hundreds of thousands of families' finances. I have no doubt there were divorces over this shot because one of you didn't want it and your boss fired you. Well, you never needed it. He knew it the whole time. Let that sink in. Knew it the whole time that the shot didn't work. He just wrote it um, in the journal cell. It was a um, co-authored paper in which he admits not only did the shot never work to stop the spread, but he knew it from the beginning. Let that sink in. Remember how he tore this country apart. He personally tore my family apart. There are parts of my childhood that the people in my family who made the mistake of believing this monster will never get back. I had kids going, where's my uncle? Where's my aunt? I haven't seen them in years. Fauci said we were unclean. They couldn't come. Whole time he knew he was lying. And he admits it. He admits that his claims about the vaccine possibly preventing infection and transmission simply were bogus and always were. He was never confused on this point. In fact, he also admits for mRNA viruses, we don't have any cure. We have nothing. Oh, and this is even better. He throws this one in. Flu shot doesn't work either. We have no vaccine cure. We never have. And he knew it from the beginning. Now, let me put this whole thing together for you real quick because it is mind-boggling. Why was the other side never heard? Because the FBI was censoring across 15 platforms so that anyone who argued with this monster, including the world's foremost virologists from Stanford, Harvard, Oxford, Yale, Dr. Ioannidis, could not be heard. Remember, the FBI was acting as a gatekeeper. He was acting as a gatekeeper. They were acting as a gatekeeper. To keep you from knowing what he's admitting now in writing never worked. Never thought it did. We don't have anything that works against a virus like this, against mRNA viruses in, you know, in general, the kind that cause congestion. We don't, we, don't, we don't have that right now, but maybe someday we will, but we don't have it right now. All right, honey, you told my family to disown me, essentially, to not see me, to not physically see me. I didn't see them for years. You tore us apart. You got... Hundreds of thousands of people fired. And the whole time you knew, you lied to corporate executives, human resources departments. You wrecked jobs, wrecked careers, wrecked businesses. 
Yeah, I did. <laughs> Got away with it, too. This is the victory lap the left takes. It's not good enough to lie. They got to let you know when it's too late to stop them, they got one over on you. And he just did. Unbelievable. Good morning on this pre-Super Bowl Friday. Half of you will watch the Super Bowl. The other half won't. Can you believe 50 million people, according to the have bets on the Super Bowl right now? Unbelievable. Um, well, it turns out I am not the only one who does this. I've just never admitted it. Fake their way through that football game like they know what's going on. And they don't. Or they kind of only do. So if you go to a Super Bowl party this weekend or you're watching with friends and family, how many people actually fully understand what's going on? This is actually kind of surprising to me. Well, new poll, 14% of Americans admit they have zero idea what's going on in the football game. Zero. But here's what's interesting. Just 36% of Americans say they know the rules of football inside and out. Like they truly know what's going on when they're watching. It's just 36%. I always thought it was just me. Oh, yeah. Everybody's clapping. I will, too. No, I mean, I have enough of an understanding of a game that I, that I get that. But it's the, it's the final subtleties of it that I'm like, what happened? So I kind of look around and why are they stopping? I kind of look around, try to, you know, discern it. But at this age, you don't want to admit you don't know. And I thought it was just me. It's not. Only 36% of Americans say they know the rules of football inside and out. Like they totally get what's going on. Another 30% say they know the rules somewhat well. That's me. I'm in that category. Yeah, somewhat well, but I'm not always entirely sure what's going on. Okay, everybody else is clapping. I will too. Um, 17% say they can only loosely follow football, and 14% admit they have zero idea what's happening. So bottom line, 36% know what's going on. The rest of us either have no clue, kind of know, or somewhat kind of know. So what that means, if half of America is watching this game, there's a lot of fakers. That you are not the only one who is who only kind of knows. You know what the thing is in this society? If you're a woman, you can get away with that. If you're a man, you cannot. So there's men out there, man. Do you get to a certain age? You can't ask anymore. What did that mean when the boy did the thing with the ball? Why did they stop the game? Like I get the other parts, but not that. You can't admit that. I mean, who are you going to tell? You're left Googling to try to figure out what the heck is going on. So it's not just me. It's good to know. Baseball and basketball were close behind with fairly similar percentages, although basketball uh, ranked the highest among women of all sports, believe it or not, for not knowing what's going on. How do you not know what's going on in basketball? Basketball is actually pretty easy to understand, I think. Oh, okay, I misread that. Yeah, okay. 62% of women say they know basketball rules very well or similar. Okay, oh, I get it. Oh, all right, so basketball was actually the one they knew the best. Huh. So, anyway. Don't feel like you're alone if you sometimes get a little lost watching that football game this week. You just do what I do. Stick around for the food and the commercials. Uh, you know, and if the rest is interesting, great. If not, oh well. Let's jump on the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line, see what's going on over there. Uh, text writes, good morning, Tara. Have you seen the reports and videos of Ukraine using chemical weapons that they're manufacturing? Where's the outrage? little human rights violations among friends. So good. Look, folks, 
There is literally no difference between Vladimir Putin and Zelensky. They're both thugs. They jail their political opponents. Reporters who report bad things about them disappear. I mean, it's like, I never mind. I give up. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 